0: All right, a a jam-packed weekend. We got a lot to talk about. The Detroit Tigers drop two games to Cleveland. Uh, One of them was one of the low points of not only the season, but of of the last couple of seasons. That was a really brutal game. Then we had the MLB draft. Tigers add a couple of players to their organization, and Spencer Torgelson demoted to AAA. We have a ton to talk about, so let's get right into it today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday. July 18th, 2022. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moment sparkle with the jewelry from BlueNile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile anniversary sale. You can save up to 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. You can shop stress-free and find your forever piece at BlueNile.com today. All right, let's get right into it. We have a jam-packed episode, people. Jam-packed. We we got two games to talk about. We're not going to spend too much time on the games. I'll admit it. I'll, I'll be open about it. Not gonna. Not probably a segment. We're probably going to take the first segment here and talk about the uh, the the two losses at the hands of the Cleveland Guardians. Then we're going to talk about Spencer Torkelson and his demotion to AAA. What it means. All that kind of stuff. And then we are going to talk about the two new additions to the Tigers organization. The first two rounds of the MLB draft were on Sunday night. Uh, We will be breaking down every single pick on this show. So if you want rounds, uh, what, three through 10, that will be on tomorrow's show. And then uh, the remainder of the draft, what is that, 11 through 20 is day three. And uh, so we'll do that on tuesday as well we're gonna we're gonna be breaking down the whole thing here try to get as much info about these prospects as possible to y'all um it's gonna be a fun fun week The you know all-star weekend tigers don't have too much going on during the all-star weekend uh but we're gonna have plenty going on here so we got a lot to talk about so enough talking about how we got a lot to talk about and let's just talk about it come on dang it (laughs) um So, for starters, the Tigers dropped two games at the hands of the Cleveland Guardians. Now, one of these games was a 5-6 to loss. That was pretty close. And you know what? It's just one of those things, like, when it rains, it pours. Uh, The the Tigers have all year have had a phenomenal bullpen uh, by a lot of metrics, a top three, top five bullpen in the entire game of baseball. Uh, Had, what, four? You could even argue five dudes that – had the chance to be our one all-star representative uh, for the all-star game and they were all relievers and of course naturally then when we get into a close game and a game in which the Detroit Tigers had the lead going into the last three innings which is all bullpen ball they blow it Michael Fulmer blows uh the game i guess that's technically what is that a blown hold i don't even know if that's a hold whatever blew the game gets the loss at the end of the day um really frustrating game of baseball this one on friday was very frustrating and and the offense is mind-boggling to me because so we had f- five runs on eight hits which is we would like more hits but four eight hits Five runs is a solid amount. This is solid production. Um, didn't draw a single walk the entire game, which those of you who know me know that that drives me mad, but you still scored five runs. That's not a bad day at the office. Um, the, the the issue lies within the fact that all of the offensive production came in like one inning. The fourth inning, you scored four runs. Uh, I mean, you, you had some good offensive performances. Harold Castro. Was incredible. Couple of doubles. Uh, Riley Green with a double and a home run. Like like you had good offensive performances. You were hitting some extra base hits. Solid solid day of work. But the, you only had timely hitting. You only had hitting with runners in scoring position and, and clutch timely hitting when in one inning in, in just the fourth. The other eight innings, you scored one run, and and you, and you went right back to it snap back to reality up there goes gravity as Marshall once said like it's just gosh this team is so unbelievably frustrating so there you go you had one inning of production and like there's not even a huge breakdown need like Drew Hutchinson started this game I I I don't think that we need to do like a deep dive on on Drew Hutchinson he went five innings six hits four runs two walks and three strikeouts Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sure you can really expect too much more. And I feel like I say that every single time Drew Hutchinson takes the mound. So I'm not going to keep repeating myself, but, uh, was never supposed to be part of the plan. Drew Hutchinson pitching every fifth day was never supposed to be part of the plan. And on Sunday, you were we were supposed to have a bullpen day and just say, you know, screw it. We'll, we'll just, go in limp into to the all-star break and 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 get out of here um but uh, you know what i have never i I hate rainouts i love the game of baseball i love the detroit tigers i I don't care if they're zero 162 i i love watching them every day i don't like rainouts i didn't like them when i played i loved playing too much growing up like there there's uh, i very very rarely if at all like ever like rainouts, Sunday was an exception to that. The last day before the All Star break, you just got your teeth kicked in 24 hours earlier, and the MLB draft was all day. It was one of the busiest days I've I've ever had. So I was okay with with, with the rainout on Sunday, and you you I guess that means you got swept technically. I guess actually technically not because they'll just remake up that game and it'll still be part of this series, but. For for whatever we got swept, I guess three games, lost all of them. Um, Drew Hutchinson, like we said, it started uh, okay. That, that's a that's a Drew Hutchinson outing. Andrew Chafin comes in, uh, solid enough, didn't give up any runs. Then Michael Fulmer. The thing with Fulmer is the last few outings he's been getting hit pretty hard, and this is something that hasn't cost him it hasn't hindered his his production uh but now his era is up to two three eight where it's been at sub one most or sub two rather sorry geez most of the year um and and reliever era is kind of weird because one bad outing can really inflate it but uh just uh uh he's been getting hard lately he's been getting hard lately and i i still really like his stuff and it's gonna play and he's gonna be fine but just some adjustments need to be made. I'm, I'm sure the all-star break will, will help a lot of people in this organization. But but him, get a couple of days off, and everything will be fine. Um, but he, he has been getting hard, pretty hard lately. And then Alex Lang, one in the third, one hit, nothing else, no other stats, uh, no walks, no runs, no Ks. 11 pitches, seven of them strikes. I love Alex Lang. The sinker stays nasty. Still has some command stuff he's got to work on, but that's about it. Okay, so that's really it for this game. Like you, you had offensively, you had one inning of production, and, and it's hard to win a lot of games unless you're putting up eight pieces, right? It, it, it's hard to win a game when you when you have one legitimate like scoring threat. You take advantage of scoring threat innings. So, uh, yeah, and Drew was a starter. It, it was not a recipe for success. I'll tell you what. Um, then we go into Saturday's game. <laughs> We're not even going to really talk about Saturday's game. This was an absolute disaster. This is one of Michael Pineda started. That is, is. it wasn't even like bad command. Like, oh, he's missing the glove by two feet. It's just every single, and we talk about like Michael Pineda is, is he is going to force the other team to beat you, to beat him. That's what I meant to say. It's going to force the other team to beat him. He's going to fill up the strike zone. He's not going to walk very many hitters, and you're going to have to beat him. Now, usually he hangs around the edges of the strike zone, but it, it, it still catches most of the plate. And so he gets hit hard, and, and he, he's not a swing and miss pitcher these days. But he's still pretty effective, usually. Saturday was not the case. He There was no edges. He was just throwing it down the middle. That was it. He still he didn't walk anyone. He still stayed true, Tom. Just gonna fill up the strike zone, but filling up the strike zone and only throwing the ball in the center ninth of the plate are two different things. You can fill up the zone and not just throw it right down the middle the entire time, and that's it was remarkable. I'm not honestly, I'm not sure I've seen anything like it, and I've seen a lot of pitchers that that did not have great production pitch for this team. It it was remarkable how, how much of the plate every single pitch was catching. So not very effective. Then uh, Angel De Jesus pitches. He got called up because Jose's is narrow on the day he was supposed to return from the IL and he's been on the IL the entire season. We're over halfway through. Uh, he goes on the bereavement list. So, you know, thoughts and prayers. Hope everything's okay. Uh honestly, it's just it's remarkable. It's just like how the season's gone. So uh obviously his well-being is in the forefront of everyone's mind and should be because that's you know always scary when you see somebody go on that list. But that's that's just how this season is going. It's 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 been unbelievable. So uh the Jesus comes up, not super effective. Don't think he's long for the major league roster, not too much else to talk about there. Uh, Will Vest looks decent. Joe Jimenez looks really solid. Jason Foley looks solid. And then Harold Castro pitched the last inning. Uh, he has a 4-5 ERA on the season. Fetter Magic. No, I'm playing. Okay, so that's pretty much it. We're done talking about the games from the weekend. Let's get into all the off-the-field stuff because, honestly, those are the stories of the weekend from this team. We have to talk about the games because we have to talk about the games because they happened. But, we all know that the, the real stories lie in the MLB draft I and mean, in Spencer Torkelson from this weekend. So let's talk about them. First off, I got to tell y'all about our friends over at BlueNile.com. Whether you're ready to pop the question or you're celebrating a milestone moment, find jewelry as unique as her with the modern convenience of online shopping at Blue Nile. Dot .com. Blue Nile.com is the original online jeweler since 1999. They've helped millions of couples create their perfect engagement ring. Blue Nile is committed to ensuring that the highest ethical standards are observed when sourcing diamonds and jewelry. So whether you're customizing an engagement ring or designing diamond stud earrings, online jeweler, jeweler Blue Nile will allow you to create a bigger, more brilliant piece than you can imagine at a price you won't find at a traditional jeweler they Have expert advice 24/7, legendary service with 30-day returns. It is truly the best. So make your moment sparkle with the jewelry from blue nile.com. And going on now is the Blue Nile Anniversary Sale. Save up for 40%, 40% on classic fine jewelry pieces and 25% on engagement ring settings. Plus Every order is insured, it ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside, so you can shop stress-free and find your forever peace at BlueNile.com today. All right, everybody. Welcome back to segment two here at Locked On Tigers. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? If you're <laughs> – I just made up words there – Starting on July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. It's available on July 18th on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, just like us. Okay. The Detroit Tigers optioned Spencer Torkelson down to AAA on Sunday. Uh, the game was rained out and they optioned him. And that, that's pretty much all she wrote. Uh, parent, A.J. Hinge said when he told him he handled it like a champ. You don't really care about that. Nobody really cares about that. Let's talk about what this means for Torkelson and what this means for the organization. First off, there was some rumors and speculation that, oh, it, it's just, you know, over the All-Star breaks so that he can go down there and play some games during the All-Star break and he'll be back up. I don't believe that. I think he's going to be down there for a minute. And... There's a lot of different ways the organization can go with this, and it's not clear at all which one of those they're going to take, and no one knows which one of those are, they are going to take. So let's just lay it out for you, and you can draw your own conclusion and predict your own thing and which way you think they're going to go, and I'll tell you which way I think they're going to go. But the truth of the matter is, no one knows, and I'm not even sure Alavila knows, and, and I'm not even sure the front office really knows uh, what what they're going to do with him, but. There's a few things they can do. One, they can just do the the, the aforementioned, send him down there. You know, he's, he's only optioning so he can get some at bats during the All Star break. That's definitely not what they're doing, but we have to throw it out there as a possibility because some people were talking about it. Then there is also the possibility of him going down there for the remainder of the season. Now, I also don't think this is going to happen uh, unless he has a 580 OPS in AAA. Uh, I really don't think that he's just gonna be down there for the rest of the year um, that but is certainly a possibility there's also the possibility that he goes down there now this is a this is one that gets kind of tricky okay I believe that if he is down there for a month then technically they could call him back up and you could manipulate his service time now that's messed up because they they, like during the lockout they went through all this stuff about how to how to avoid service time manipulation and all that fact of the matter is if you sit him for what a month month and a half um technically speaking you could manipulate his service time and just bring him back up now production is is the most important thing so uh, what i what I think will happen is there's no more September call-ups in the sense where like the roster goes all the way to 40 people anymore, right? It only expands what one goes from 26 to 27, or maybe it's 26 to 28. I don't know. COVID really messed with my sense of like roster expansion and, and and shrinking and everything, but it's only one or two people now, regardless. So what I think will happen is he will go down and it truly will be production-based. And, and if, you know he's raking, and it just happens to be. Oh well, if you keep him down another week, his service time gets manipulated. What's going on with my hair here? Then, like, uh, then maybe we'll just keep him down there. But like, I think that for the most part, you are going to see it. It be pretty production based. I, I really do. I, I think he's going to go down. He, He's got a lot to work on, and everything, like we talked about, pretty much everything is either a hard-hit ground ball to the left side or a fly-out to, like, right center field. That's, like, his thing. He's not striking out a boatload. He's struck out a little bit more over the last couple of weeks. I think he's expanding the zone a little bit, probably pressing a little bit because he's really struggling at the plate. His walk numbers have been pretty fine all year. He works counts. It's just – well, I, I say it's just he, – he literally – can't hit balls like in the strike zone like and and i know that again like i I put the word just in front of that like it's not a big deal and obviously it is but that that's really it (laughs) like it's it's just he he works counts he ball. he follows balls off his pitch recognition is is, again in the last couple of weeks it's he's expanded the zone a little bit more because he's been pressing and struggling a little bit but uh, for the most part, for a majority of the year, like decent walk numbers, good walk rate. Um, he's uh His pitch selection on what to take and what not to take is really good. The way he's like trying to set up an at-bat in theory is, is good. It's just executed very poorly because he can't hit balls in the strike zone. And especially like right over the plate. So, that's what he's got to work on it. And the, the counter argument ha- has always been, and I've talked about it on this show before, right? Is, uh, is you know, what would trip, if, if he gets his timing down in AAA, then he's just going to get called up and have to re-get the timing altogether. That's a valid argument. The thing is, he's been so poor at hitting such hittable pitches That there's really no other choice. And again, I've talked a month and a half ago, I said I didn't want to demote him. And a month and a half ago, I still didn't want to demote him. On July 18th, it's hard to really think of too many other options. So here we are. Spencer Torkelson, the number one overall pick from, what, 2020, has been demoted. Uh, his stats on the year are not great, as we all know. His war is negative 1.1 on fan graphs. I think it's worse than that on baseball reference. I think it's about a 1.4 on B-Ref. Um, sub-200 batting average, sub-300 slugging percentage, uh, and a sub-300 on base percentage as well. 282 OBP, 295 slug, 197 average. That's a 577 OPS. It's not great, as we are all very aware. Um now here's the thing with Torgelson too is is he has a, a a beautiful swing and I think that at, when he's going to figure it out and he's going to be a solid middle of the bat piece for this team uh, and, and and he's going to drive the ball into the gap and he is he's going to hit a lot of doubles and, and hit his you know around 30 give or take five home runs and it and it's going to be awesome. Uh but in his professional career in his college career too, but kind of watered down because he was so much better than everyone else in college. But in his professional career especially, he has been – he has gone on streaks, and, and he's done this thing where when he first gets called up, it takes him a while to adjust, and then when he figures out the timing and he makes all the adjustments, he goes absolutely supernova for like two or three weeks, and then he settles back down. And then he goes supernova and then he settles back down and we were all just waiting because this, uh, that information that I just told you is not something you haven't heard before from a lot of different, great people in the Detroit media from myself. I'm sure I've said it. I know I've said it. Um, that's, that is something that, that everybody was just waiting for. Okay. Well then give me the, the supernova and it just never came. So he'll go down to AAA. i I'm not against the move at all. Uh, once he gets Triple A timing down, and 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 once he goes supernova in Toledo, I'd like him back immediately. I, I don't need to play around and and do the service thing, and and I I don't need to to see him just dominate Toledo for for two and a half months or whatever. If he goes uh, on a two or three week stretch where he is, you know, the ball looks like a beach ball to him, and he can hit anything then, then just give them the call back up. We, we don't need to mess around with it, but there you go. Spencer Jorgelson demoted to AAA. I think that's all the avenues I want to go over to rest of the season is certain. Like, I, I don't think it's going to happen. But that's certainly a take that people have too, because, uh, you know, they just want them to don't worry about it, whatever. Um, I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting, but For the time being, first base is is somewhat open. Uh, I would imagine that Cody Clemens is going to get a look. Harold Castro is obviously going to get a look. Um, It'll be interesting to see. But I I think those are probably the two clubhouse leaders. The one thing I don't want to do, and we'll end this on this and I go to the draft. The one thing I don't want to do, I do not want Jonathan Scope to be my first baseman. I don't. He has been the best defender literally in baseball at any position at second base. Maybe let's keep them there. Whatever, Whoever you want to put it first, that's fine. Just don't have it be Jonathan Scope. I'm good with that. Okay, that's it. We're done. Let's go to the MLB draft. A lot of fun. Uh, very fun night. A lot of fun players taken. Tigers took two guys that I'm big fans of. Uh, first, though, got to talk about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs. And Major League Baseball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite sports events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends and the action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, welcome back. Segment three here, Locked On Tigers. We got a lot to get to. Time's ticking. Let's get right back into it. Uh, The MLB draft was held on Sunday night. Well, the first two rounds and the Compe rounds were held on Sunday night. The Detroit Tigers had two picks in that draft. Obviously, their first and second round picks. They traded their competitive balance pick for Austin Meadows, uh, please. I, I'm not going to talk about it. We're not, I, I'm not, we don't have time to get into the Austin Meadows, Isak Peretti's thing right now. We really don't. Uh, but that is where that pick went. We we usually have a, a pick in that round and we did not this year because we traded it away. So no pick there. Uh, and I believe we don't have a third round pick after signing Eduardo Rodriguez, who. Is completely MIA and just not reporting to the team, not even taking the phone calls to the team. No one in the organization's heard from him in weeks. We can't even get a hold of his agent. So those are where two of the picks in the first, I guess you'd call it three and a half rounds, are for the Detroit Tigers. So you can let that sink in. But we did draft two players, and that's what's important. These kids' lives have changed forever. Uh, they are professional baseball players, and I really like both picks. I really do. First up, all right, let's just go in order. Uh, well, actually, first off, first off, uh, I was I got the pleasure of, for the draft, being a part of the Woodward Tigers uh, panel of like experts to, to bring in for the draft and kind of have a roundtable discussion there and, and watch the draft live and all comment on it and everything. And it was awesome. It, it was very cool. Uh, yeah, Trevor, both, both of the, um, Woodward Tigers. That's the word <laughs> guys. I'm very tired. Incredibly long day. Uh, and it, it is past midnight. So, uh, yeah, Rahelio, Chris, uh, Brandon day, Trevor Hooth. It, it was a really, really good time. A lot of people, that know a lot about baseball. It was awesome to have a conversation with them about everything. And it was a great time. So very much, I'm pretty sure that stream will be somewhere where you can watch it even though it's not live anymore. So you can go look for that over at Woodward Tigers. But it it was a great time. And uh, yeah, very cool. So we'll start with that. The Detroit Tigers picked 12th in the first round and then had the 51st pick overall in the draft which was their second-round pick as well. Jace Young is the Tigers' first-round pick out of the <laughs> – excuse me, I snuck up on me – out of Texas Tech University. He is 21 years old. He'll be 22 in October. He's a lefty bat that throws right. He will almost certainly play second base at the start. He did get some reps at third. Um, I think the long-term play for him is in fact, second base, which is not a problem at all. That is something that this organization is pretty thin on. So we'll gladly take it. And and the biggest thing is, even if you don't think he's a second baseman long-term, even if you're worried about the athleticism and it's always, is he going to, you know, you stick him at third, you put him at second. Are we going to even have to hide him in the corner outfield because he's going to be absolutely terrible with the glove. I don't think that's the case. But even if you are of the belief that that's the case, it doesn't really matter because Jace Young plays hitter. That's the position he plays. And that's why you drafted him 12th overall to hit the baseball college bat. Historically, college bats go through uh, like in the first round, top end college bats go through the minor leagues faster than any other profile. It, It is very much for a team that is trying to get itself out of a rebuild and desperately needs offensive help taking college bats in the first and second round tonight. We'll, we'll get to Peyton Graham later is definitely makes sense. And I am fully in support of, I, I really liked going college bat for both of them. And I really liked specifically the college bats. They took Jace young is a guy that, that I wanted going into the draft. That was my, top option that that was my 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 uh, you know obviously termar johnson or, or whatever like the if we had the number one overall pick that wouldn't have been my first option but given who i thought was going to be on the board at 12 jace young was the pick for me and it, and it was for for quite a lot of other uh people that that cover the tigers or make content of the tigers or analysts or whatever so th- this is a dude that hits and in 2021 He had an 1159 OPS and almost a 700 slugging percentage, 21 homers in 56 games and 49 walks to 49 strikeouts. Okay. That was 2021, 2022, only 14 homers, only 14 homers in 61 games. That's still very good for the collegiate level. 612 slugging percentage, a 481 on base percentage and a 335 batting average. So the batting average is about the same. The slugging percentage, 612 is still remarkable, but it went down considerably from almost 700 his, uh, his sophomore year, but the on-base percentage went up 20 points because he walked 59 times in 61 games and only struck out 42 times. So what the the power went down, this is a dude that was talked about in the top five at one point in the season, like being a top five pick and kind of slipped a little bit. Obviously we got him at 12, um, and I think the reason for that is his OPS, for those who can't do quick math like myself, was 1093 this year and 1159, as I said, was the sophomore year. So just optically, you're like, you know, maybe a step back. It wasn't a step back. People were just terrified of him. And I don't think that that should be a reason to, to slip in the draft. He, he just walked a, a, a lot more, right? Almost a walk a game. He literally played in 61 games and had 59 walks. He almost was averaging a walk a game. And that's because people were literally terrified of him. He was pitched around a ton. And the reason that he fell in the second half of the year was because he was getting pitched around the entire second half of the year because he was dominating people when they weren't pitching around him. So I'm not worried about the the what appears to be optically a fall off in slugging percentage or anything like that. These are still phenomenal numbers. Even with all of that, consider all of that out the window, rather. These are still really good numbers. He has a crazy batting stance. You're going to see some Kevin Euclid type stuff. Like, arm, you know, hands are separated. Like, it's, it's crazy, okay? Pinkies over fingers. You're, it, it's going to look weird if you haven't seen it before. Um, but the thing is, it, it works really well for him. It works really well for him. Uh, Trevor Huth kind of talked about this on the uh the the broadcast from the draft it, it works really well for him and he's able to get his bat or his hands into the zone and 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 get them to, to where he wants them to be really quickly. So he can do whatever he wants before. He can he can do all the Kevin Euclid stuff he wants. Um, it, it works for him. And I, I don't think it's a it's an issue at all that you know some people just if people look funny they they're gonna be like, oh this is a dumb pick. I really like this pick a lot. I like I said, he he was he was the guy I, I, when I was going into the draft that I was like, if Jace Young's there, Jace Young should be the pick. And sure enough, he is. Now, if we're talking about where he goes, uh, I would imagine that he is going to go almost immediately to West Michigan uh, for the remainder of this season. I think he's going to sign. And he's going to be in high single A pretty quickly because they're going to try and fast-track a college bat. That's just how college bats work. Um, and, uh, yeah, he'll get a whatever that little pit stop that every draftee gets in Lakeland where, like, you play three games in Lakeland just to say you did it. But I I would not be surprised at all if he was in West Michigan really, really quickly. Um, I, I mean, who's to say, you know, if he – rakes for the first month he's in west michigan send him to erie let's see what happens i don't know like you don't want to fast track him too too fast obviously and get him in over his head but i uh, it wouldn't surprise me if by early next year he was already in erie it really wouldn't this guy can hit he can hit um and i i love this pick i absolutely love it where he falls on defense it, it's definitely the biggest conversation point with him but at the end of the day, you drafted him 12th overall because he can hit. Really, really fun pick. Can't wait to uh, t- to watch him swing it, man. I can't wait. The other pick in this one at 51 overall, the Detroit Tigers take Peyton Graham. They drafted him as a shortstop, uh, though he has had a lot of playing time at third base in college. This draft year, he played almost majority shortstop. But in his first two years in college, he was almost majority, almost all, almost exclusively third base, but has had some shortstop mixed in there. And then this year, his draft year was almost exclusively short uh, out of the University of Oklahoma. This is a really, really fun pick. This is, you know, those guys are like toolsy. This is, this is a toolsy player. This is a dude that had 20 home runs along with 34 stolen bases. His slash line was a 335 batting average, a 417 on base percentage, a 640 slug and a 1058 OPS. Um, like I said, this is a dude that, you know, 34 stolen bases with 20 homers is really, really fun. That's, that's a fun ball player, right? Uh, so very, very cool to see there. And, and this is also a guy that played a little bit in the Cape Cod league, uh, similar to Jace young playing the Cape Cod league. And that was another reason that people might've soured on him. It was in 2021 that, that he played in the Cape Cod league, but he didn't exactly crush the ball. So maybe people looked at that and wanted to find a reason to have him slip on draft boards. But um, Peyton Graham also played a little bit in the Cape Cod League in 2021. It was decent, you know, certainly a 738 OPS in 24 games uh, in Cape Cod. But the biggest thing is, is again, th- this is a dude that that can play ball. And, and I think long term, if you're talking about where he's going to end up defensively. Again, it might not be shortstop. He's going to get an opportunity to because this organization needs some shortstop depth in the minor leagues. But at the end of the day, long-term, it, it might make more sense to to lock him in as maybe a third baseman. Um, but this is another dude. He, like 640 slugging percentage, 20, 20 home run season, Uh, In 2021, his sophomore year, he had 11 homers in 53 games. This year was 20 and 67, along with 17 doubles. uh, Mashed the ball with almost a 420 on base percentage as well. So he strikes out a little bit. That's another thing on the report. Um, So something to keep an eye out for will definitely be something that the Tigers hitting development is going to have to take a long look at. It's not like Judd Fabian, oh my goodness, he's striking out 50% of the time or whatever, but that if there is any knock on him that you want to find, cut the strikeout numbers down a little bit is certainly one thing you can look at. Um, defensively, we already talked about. He's a righty. Uh, Jace, I, I don't know if I said Jace, is a lefty hitter, righty thrower. Um, I think that's probably it. Really, really fun picks, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan. I'm a really big fan. This is a, a, at the top of the draft, you took what I believe to be probably the best hitter available. And then in the second round, you took another dude that can hit the heck out of the baseball, but also has some other tools to go along with that. Regardless, the plan is clear and that's all we'll talk about for those two guys. If I had to give it a letter grade, I'd give uh, uh, probably an, what an a minus. B plus a minus. They ran the verge of of those two, whatever you can do really successful, really successful first day of the draft. But the plan appears to be, we need bats. This organization needs bats. And that's very true. And we'll certainly take some pitchers. I don't think we go 20 hitters by any stretch. And uh, you know, last year we were in love with our spin rate guys. So uh, maybe we'll get a few more of those type of players, but um, For now, it appears to be that, especially at the top, the plan was get the best bats available. Peyton Graham's another dude. Several people, people, several websites, networks, publications, had him in the top 30 prospects in this entire draft, and you got him at 51. Not bad. Not bad. So I really really do. I'm a big fan of day one. I'm a big fan of day one, and it's really hard to not to be like a hater of who we take in days two and three, that's more of me just going to be relaying uh, the profiles and like what these guys are good at and what types of players they are. But uh, you know, it's hard to be like, Oh, I, I hate our seventh round pick. Cause so-and-so was on the board. That doesn't really happen in baseball outside of the first two rounds, but the first two rounds, you can have gripes with stuff. And I don't have any, I, I was really pleased. I was, Scared they were going to go pitcher. I know a lot of people were like, oh, it has to be best player available. I agree with that. This was a very shallow pitcher draft. There was no way the best player available at 12 was not going to be a hitter. So, yes, take best player available. Best player available was going to be a bat. And the Tigers certainly agreed with that, taking Jace Young. And Peyton Graham's a ball player, man. Oh, I'm really, really pumped. Very, very excited for this one. And uh, I guess they were teammates in some summer camp a couple of years ago, too. So kind of a cool, Peyton and, and and Jace, that is um, to be a cool thing. So there you go. There's your draft breakdown, your Torkelson talk and your game recap all in one episode. I knew it was going to be over 30. I know it was going to be impossible for me to keep it under 30. But the fact that, well, if I keep rambling, it's going to go over 40. The fact that I'm around 40, I'm pretty proud of myself up. Thanks for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Lockdown MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia. He's going deep on the MLB Stars of Tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Okay. I am unbelievably tired. That was a ridiculously long day. A lot of stuff going on. Draft day is is always a really big day for yours truly. So I am going to go to bed. And it's going to be awesome. And I can't wait for it. And then we got a uh, home run derby tomorrow. We don't have any participants in the home run derby, but the home run derby is on Monday and day two of the draft is on Monday. So we'll be recapping who we take in those rounds. And then day three, we day three, gee whiz day three of the draft on Tuesday, along with the MLB all-star game. We'll talk about all of that on that show. And then we'll right back to it. Thursday's show. Uh, well, Friday's show Thursday will be uh do we have a double header first game back from the all-star breaks a double header so there you go thanks for making us your i already did that okay peace and love going to therapy's dope i'll catch y'all tomorrow appreciate all y'all go tigers baby